Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Brian Brazell and Ben Smith. Howdy, folks. How's everybody doing this week? I am fantastic. I caught up, and I finally watched um, this past weekend Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Hooray! The last time we talked, I had not seen that. It is a great production of a terrible musical. I have yet to meet an Android Lloyd Webber musical I have enjoyed. So, but that was fun to watch. I'm, I'm glad that y'all recommended I watch it. It was it was pretty great. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. So I spent the weekend uh, watching Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. And as someone who's in the Venn diagram of people who enjoy Wes Anderson movies and people who enjoy dogs, this was, I, was, I was the audience for this movie. It's very good. Go see it. Wait, is, is it? Isle of Dogs or Isle I of love Dogs. Dog. Okay. But it's also okay. an audio pun for I Love Dogs, which is yes. great okay. to just yell, I love dogs, please, at the person at your local Megaplex. That does sound like fun. Or or maybe, or quietly, yeah. maybe at them. Or you quietly, yeah. Them. Let's, yeah. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm Midwestern. I'm polite. We don't shout. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> Says who? Uh, how, how about you, Mike? Um, yeah, nothing too exciting to report this weekend. Uh, yeah, just kind of getting caught up on a lot of sleep because uh, I had to wake up early on Thursday for uh, an attempt to get Eurovision tickets. That is a fascinating process that I don't really recommend it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might not be so bad if you're actually in the time zone that the uh, contest is held, but like we had to wake up at four in the morning and like, open up like every single browser on our various computers to try to get a good number. Uh, the number that I got was like 72,000 something for what I'm guessing yeah. were maybe, I'll be generous and say 3,000 tickets. <laughs> so as soon as I saw that number, it was like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> but were, but were, were people, <laughs> does it work how like people are getting all of those numbers? Like there are definitely 70,000 something numbers being assigned or is it just random numbers between one and a million or something? And so maybe you're actually slot 2,000. I think it is it's random based on the number of people who are in queue. So oh, okay. um okay. yeah, when the queue opens up, like if there are eighty thousand people in like logged on, it will be numbers zero through eighty thousand. And then if you're just like, Oh yeah, I'll log on at four fifteen and see like what what's up, uh yeah, you're um no. <laughs> What's up is that you did not get tickets. Right. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we lucked out. We uh, were able to get tickets uh, to the uh, jury final, uh, which will be exciting. So we'll, oh, we'll, get, we'll get to see the dress rehearsal and then uh, get to hang out in one of the plazas in Lisbon during the actual, like, for realsy show, uh, which should be an amazing party. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> well, and it looked like Very there are nice. still tickets available for um, semifinal one as well. Yeah, that that's not all that surprising. Uh, just because, uh, like, if if you're a diehard Eurovision fan, I could see you taking a week off from work uh, to like yeah. make make it like your vacation. But yeah, if if you're gonna be kind of casual about it, like leaving just for a Tuesday night concert, like that's kind of kind of a hard proposition to make. So sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like a really weird sort of midweek. Hey, guys, I'm gonna go on Monday and Tuesday. That would be like me taking off work and being like, hey, yeah, I'm going down to Providence for the day. It's kind of a shame, too, because first semifinal is shaping up really nicely. It's, yeah, like it's like as, as we're going to discuss today, like it's shaping up yeah, nicely. Yeah, I yeah think. it's going to be the big show of the two semifinals. And I don't know, like t- depending on how things shake out, it could be the big show of uh, the three live shows. So. 
Exactly. Um, but speaking of parties, mm-hmm. like we had Eurovision parties this week. We should talk about Eurovision. Parties. Yes. Part of the lead up to the Eurovision competition uh, is the promotion of all of the songs that have been selected. Uh, you got to do something between March and May. So uh, a handful of cities uh, host uh, these sort of Eurovision pre-parties. So far, there's been parties in uh, Riga, Latvia, London, Moscow, uh, Israel will be having theirs on Tuesday. We're recording on Monday, so by the time this episode drops, uh, Israel's would have already happened. Uh, and then the big one that's coming up is Eurovision in Concert, which is happening in Amsterdam. Uh, the performers that they can line up for these concerts uh, just go perform their songs. Sometimes they'll perform like multiple songs if they have like a catalog to choose from, or they'll just do Eurovision covers, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's an opportunity uh, to see these performers doing their songs live before it actually counts for points and such. So uh, you can get a lot of information and just, and it's also like a huge fan engagement opportunity. Uh, And they look like a lot of fun, like just from the videos that get posted on YouTube. If you're not able to make it to the big event, uh, these uh, Eurovision parties look like a good option. It also seems like these parties are a great opportunity for performers who maybe don't have as much experience to get a little bit of sort of stage presence uh, and stage experience Mm -hmm. under their feet and maybe Mm -hmm. a more welcoming slash smaller environment than, you know, in a huge arena. So I I sort of appreciate watching. Yeah. um, I don't remember seeing any of Blanche's videos last year from um, the performer from Belgium who was sort of looked like a scared. She looked very scared on the the arena stage. But um, yeah, I, I sort of appreciate seeing how people progress through that, through the sort of marketing process and get more comfortable with themselves. Well, yeah. And if you're a smaller country, do you seem like it's a good opportunity to like, again, perform directly for like a smaller audience who maybe can get into your song and be somebody who come May is going to throw you at least a few points down the road. Maybe I I have no clue. Yeah. And I mean, particularly with the sort of official music videos that are part of the Eurovision process, Sometimes they're not great, or sometimes they're just like the recording of the TV final or something, which isn't really the same experience. Or you could have a case like Bulgaria, where it's a group that was formed specifically for Eurovision. So they have no back catalog to draw from. And like this, uh, they performed in London last week, and that was their first public performance. That was, yeah, that was their first live performance. And it was like, oh, these are the, these are the various people who were singing that song that was mostly just a lyric video. So were there were there any countries I only sort of got to watch a few snippets were there any countries that really really impressed or that really did really poorly um what's what's the sort of scope from that from that party uh, for me, uh, I, I only got to watch a handful of the videos, but the one that just blew me away was Australia. Uh, like Jessica Malboy, like she just delivered a fantastic vocal. The audience was totally into it. But I, I completely agree with you. Like that was one of the standouts for me. I, I also did not watch everything just because the the playlist that we had includes like just all of the songs, including anything that was covered. But uh, another one that I thought really stood out to me, Ireland. Mm. Mostly just because I don't know. Well, I think it's because their video doesn't really focus on the person who's singing. But I somehow had a different mental image of what Ireland's performer looked like. Oh, so actually getting to see, oh, that's that person. Oh, cool. was nice. Yeah, I I um, did watch Austria because I'm a big fan of Austria's um, entry this year. I I actually went back in a previous episode. I talked about not remembering the sort of um, 
the effects that y'all were talking about that were really distracting the music video. And I went back and watched again and was like, oh, I don't know how I missed this. I must not have been looking at the video. Um, but I went straight to Cesar Sampson's performance and, and really enjoyed that. We can, we'll talk more about Austria later, but I thought he was very impressive on stage with sort of charisma and a great, a great vocal. Uh, just one other moment that I want to call out though, uh, please, if you guys have not watched the Czech Republic's performance, uh, like I, we have, so after we get done talking about everything this second time around, we need to do another set of rankings. And like, this is one that definitely just based on the last couple of live performances, I might need to revisit because I very much like the song as we discussed last week, but like every time I see it perform live, I keep going, Oh, and in this case, just, there was just a moment like right before the start of the performance, just where he was like, I need my backpack. And then, then his backpack was given to him. And I was like, why did you need your backpack? <laughs> Why was this a necessary part of the performance? Oh dear. No. Like I thought, I thought that somehow it was going to play into things, but no, it was just Look, he needed his backpack. We all have comfort levels on stage. Maybe his backpack is like his support blanket. It's like his support backpack. I'm just saying. You know, I, I do resonate with that. So there, there we go. Yeah, it. I, I did watch that performance. I missed the whole backpack uh, moment, but uh, he did, like, I think when it got to the first chorus, uh, he called out to the audience, you know the words, and it's just like, oh, I know that trick. It's the same thing as turning around when you forget the words and, like, <laughs> sort of lip syncing or whatever, and it's just like, uh, I hope this doesn't happen in May, but we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, part of it could just be, like, he may be tired of performing this song because he's been on the promotional tour since like beginning of February. And I believe if he's not going to every single Eurovision party, he's at almost every single one of them uh, this year. Like he, I've seen him on every single list so far. But yeah, who, who knows the conditions that produce that, that wonderful moment that I, I keep going back to, but yeah, <laughs> but I need my backpack. Yeah. It seems like marketing that this is pretty grueling. It seems like for, for artists that, yeah, you mentioned Mike, you know, you need something to do between March and May and what you do is, perform for every group of people you possibly can so i i do not envy the performers and getting through these next couple months to the contest yeah it's gotta be like going on tour for just like a regular musician except that this is entirely the part where you go on tv and you go to to like a, a live performance where you do your one song mm-hmm. that you're probably sick of by now yeah i mean it, and just the fact that it is just the one song and it's like all right going like getting a stamp on my passport every other day and just doing this one three and minute it, thing yeah, just for like and, 20 minutes just getting yeah. ready going up there doing my song for three minutes bye yeah well it's what you sign up for i guess I it, yep but <laughs> but yeah uh we will have links to the various eurovision party sites in the show notes and you can check that all out on our website as well at eurowhat.com talk former yugoslav republic of macedonia let's yes let's (laughs) (laughs) 
I have a lot of feelings. Ryan, you're supposed to. Be, we're supposed to be impartial about these things. I'm making a case. You for go, why they can right. go through. I am. I am waiting with bated breath to hear your explanation for why this country should go through. Go ahead, Ben. Admittedly, like my high ranking of this one, I when I went through everything, I did like a whole prioritization grid where I'm sort of seeing things randomly and just sort of evaluating things on a one-to-one basis. So I was slightly shocked that I ended up putting this one in fourth. I expected it to be in the top ten because I like this one, and I I don't like this one. Like over like the more I listen to it, the more my brain seems willing to jump over the weird reggae breakdown. But the thing I I mean the song from like when the song is not spending fifteen minutes in like reggae land, not fifteen minutes, fifteen seconds in reggae land. There's like so, there's like a decent pop chorus that eventually shifts into, and if nothing else, this song truly offers something for everyone, especially if you're the one person who's like, yes, reggae Eurovision, please. Usually with a song like this, I'm like, okay, cool, this is gonna be great, but by the time I get to the thing, it's gonna actually be in like 12th place because there's no way the performer is strong enough. But like there was an acoustic performance where I was actually relatively surprised to see that the the group that came out with this song can perform it decently. And actually, the acoustic version worked better for me because there, there's not, like, the weird stop-starts. Mm-hmm. Anyways, do I think that my current strong like of this song is going to proceed all the way into May? No. Do I think it's on the bubble and has a chance of getting through, given a particularly strong performance? Yes. I don't know that I agree with that. I, well, no, I know I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, and that's fair. I'm not, I mean, at this point, I'm not trying to convince you that this is going to win. Let's be honest. It's uh, right. not going to. I don't think it's the worst song of the competition. Uh, okay. Well, we can disagree on that right now. <laughs> I, I think I will. So I have this place dead last in the semifinal. And as I alluded to in last week's episode, it's because I'm sort of actively angry at it. Um, I don't think that will last. I don't think I will have this in last place forever. I, I think that there's just nothing about the song that works overall right i think the chorus is really good i actually like the chorus of the song it's kind of dancey it's like a pop dance thing but it takes 90 seconds to get to the first chorus which is way too long regardless of what else is happening in the song and i also just don't think this song integrates the multiple genres it just like there are other songs like israel with netta and toy that like i don't know that i could come up with a really concise description in terms of genre for that song but that's because it integrates multiple genres really well this one just it's like oh we'll do this genre and then that genre and then that genre and then back to this other one it just sort of like stacks them up back to back as opposed to making a cohesive whole song so i just i don't feel like the song has a lot going for it the the one thing that does have going for it it takes forever to get to like i always forget that the chorus is good and if I force myself to listen through past 90 seconds, I'm like, oh, why did they not get to this like 30 seconds or 45 seconds more quickly? I think I would like the song a lot more. Okay. Mike? Oh, okay. <laughs> I am I do not know where I land on this song. And so, okay, when we first talked about it, uh, when, when the song dropped uh, a few weeks back and uh, our guest Barbara uh, mentioned the eye dress – that did not register with me at all. It's like, I dress, what's Barbara talking about? And I uh, went back and watched the video. And of course, like 30 seconds in, it's like, oh, that. So yes, uh, that like, and, and uh, just from a, a pun level standpoint, the fact that her dress is an IQ, IQ mm-hmm. made me very happy. I, I feel like the song is just kind of full of those sort of elements where it's just like a half joke, but not really funny but like you still kind of laugh to be polite or just not have the awkward silence i don't know 
I, I agree that the song is just taking way too long to get to where it's going in every section, regardless of what genre that section is in. Listening to the acoustic version, what I liked about that is like the vocals are fantastic. Like she she has a really sweet sounding voice and able to deliver a very powerful vocal. But because it's an acoustic version, it's easier to focus on what the lyrics are. <laughs> and it's it's just as meandering as the non-acoustic yeah. version is, is in its musicality. So, I mean, I guess that's maybe that's part of what like it means to be lost and found where like the song is like lost in where it's trying to get to. And then it like eventually it finds the chorus or it finds something that makes sense lyrically. But yeah, I, it feels like it's more lost than found for me. (laughs) And, and it seems to be pretty divisive from like the comments that I see on like the various YouTube videos or uh, individual rankings that I see posted on like Instagram or whatever. And I think this is a prime example of a bubble case. Like this, this is this this would be the bracket buster if we want to stick with March Madness me- metaphors for one more week. Oh yeah, yeah. This one totally feels feels like the surprise case of oh dang it! I've had I had the the five seed where where this is definitely the twelve seed. And I completely agree with you guys that it I, that while there are lots of positive elements to this song, they don't necessarily add up to a cohesive whole. Like once it gets to that chorus, that chorus is is decent. Uh, her vocals are great live, but like if you kind of, it's one of those things where if you stare at the lyrics too long, you're like, wait a minute, what is my ranking going to stay at fourth? Probably not. I don't know. I still think this one could sneak through. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't agree with that. I don't, and the. Just uh, I I will I've pulled up the odds for this week as well. The odds makers also do not think this will get through. I don't think this will stay at nineteenth on my on my list for the semifinal. I I, I think I'm just kind of mad at it right now, and that's influencing my opinion. But uh, right now the odds makers have this in fifteenth place, although apparently it's gone up a little. So apparently it was not fifteenth for a while. It was maybe down to seventeenth or something. But yeah, so I I don't think this is has really any any chance of going through. I don't think it'll be last. Oh yeah, I don't th- I don't think it'll be last either. But no. I mean, I I don't know if it's going to be like tied for tenth or like nineteenth. Like it can be anywhere in, in in between there. Like I I think it's going to be a hard sell for it to be one of the like definitive qualifiers, particularly in this semifinal. Like if the, if this song were in the second semifinal, I think this would be a much different discussion. Yeah. But in this particular semifinal, I I think even ninth place would be a stretch. But I could see it sneak in like at 10th place or like a tie for 10th place. Croatia is having some uh, fun times in the press recently. I guess I can try to make the well. No, I'm not going to try to make the case for this <laughs> qualifying because I think I think the plagiarism fun times are are kind of the story of the song at this which point. Is, which is sad. Um, so yeah. yeah. So what has happened is 
a song uh, by a Romanian artist came out two days before uh, the song Crazy uh, dropped officially. I guess this was like maybe three weeks ago. And what happened was the song from the Romanian artist had the exact same backing track as Crazy. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, Franco p- put a post on Facebook uh, saying that like this is just a horrible coincidence that has happened. And uh, HRT, uh, Croatia's broadcaster, uh, supported that statement, saying that the producer that they were working with also worked with this Romanian artist. And there was a mislabeled file that got uploaded to a server where artists can download backing tracks and the wrong file got uploaded and then got downloaded and uh yeah so the same backing track just happened to be used for two songs that came out very close to one another and these things happen i guess Um, you know honestly i i find that pretty believable that you know, things are things yeah, happen more yeah. because of, you know, not necessarily malice, but incompetence. Not that I would call this incompetence, but just I don't think anybody meant to. Yeah, I think this sounds totally believable. And it's like, oops, we messed up. Somebody messed up. Whatever. Yeah. And I mean, like, it, it's fascinating from a, like, <laughs> examination of how Eurovision deals with, like, plagiarism claims, which is not very clearly outlined anywhere, it seems. <laughs> but, like, it, it, it was a blip and uh, interesting to talk about and think about for, I'll say, 48 hours. But there's no uproar about this, which I think is kind of an indication of the popularity of this song. Yeah, it kind of feels like an indicator of how people feel about this song. They're just like, oh, it might be plagiarized. Eh. Yeah, I mean, this song is fine. I'm not too crazy about it. Haha. But um, <laughs> it, it's... I don't even know really how to make the case for it, because it's just like, it, it's not it's not anything special from... I, th- I think it'll be an interesting stage performance, but beyond that, I, I, I don't really know what what there is to separate this from the rest of the field. Yeah, like, like, so as I kind of briefly explained with trying to defend uh, Macedonia's entry, like the way that I did this first round of rankings, just to make sure that I had actual delineated values for beyond just, yes, this will qualify, no, this won't, is I used a prioritization grid where it would randomly give me two options and I would vote for the one that I liked better. But anytime that this song came up with like a few exceptions, I voted for the other song. So it just kind of ended up towards the bottom of my list. Like, it, it's not that it's necessarily a bad song, it's just that it's not that great of a, a song in comparison to a lot of the other stuff in this semifinal. I mean, I, I really like the instrumentals of this. I actually like the backing mm-hmm. track. I can see why multiple people would have wanted to use it in their song. I, I like the way it feels kind of heavy and industrial at times. It just, There just isn't enough else going on in the song. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't dislike... Franca, I don't, I don't dislike her or her vocals. It just, there's just not enough there. And one of the things I do every year for Eurovision, and we'll talk about albums later, I always get the karaoke album in addition to the, the regular version of the album. Not particularly because I'm singing along with stuff in the karaoke version, but because I actually like to listen to just the music to get a sense for what the, the music feels like without the person's vocals on top of it. And that, you know, the karaoke version just has the vocals stripped out. So when I was listening to this song, um, on the karaoke version, I just was like, eh, there's just literally nothing happening in this. Like, I like these instrumentals. Nothing else is, is happening. Nothing else is, is particularly compelling about this song. So it, it's just too one-dimensional, I think. You can sort of understand why that artist in Romania grabbed this 
track yeah, for sure because like, the backing track mm-hmm. is really nice to yep. listen to but then there's just this but then there's the, the problem of the song on top of the backing track yeah yeah and it's just like it's just a very bland pop song with some really misguided metaphors like the whole bonnie and clyde thing still okay uh (laughs) see i didn't even know there was a bonnie like i haven't i guess i haven't listened to it carefully enough but honestly if you're gonna do a bonnie and clyde reference it needs to be like montenegro space last year which was like totally unnecessary but incredibly campy if you're gonna do bonnie and clyde well i mean this one's pretty campy it's in in the spoken word part of uh oh which okay which Uh, is the part i hate the worst so that's why i haven't (laughs) that's that's why i didn't realize it was there if you're gonna use a bonnie and clyde metaphor you need to understand what that metaphor means and like, not 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 as like a tribute to enduring love, because like they both died in 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 like a shootout or something. It, it did not end well for them. Yeah, Thelma and Louise would have been a better metaphor uh, than Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, it, I think well, I, I they yeah. died in the end too. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just like they like they walked the road together. Yeah, okay. Like no fear, no breaks, and like. I, I guess I'm, I guess Thelma and Louise would have been a little too on the nose then for the no breaks part. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I don't really have anything else to say for Croatia. Yeah, this is another one of those that we all were sort of were kind of met about. Well, we'll just say just because I ended up in the first semifinal, like it, it's just going to get steamrolled. So, mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, I feel like last year we vastly underestimated the power of Croatia, but this year I feel like our we our concern is correctly placed. I would characterize that differently. I thought we thought that song was really bad because it was scattered and sort of half and half. And I think a strong stage performance actually made that work. I don't think that there's the same level of uh, opportunity with this song, right? Like there's sort of like I was talking about last week that any time a song shows personality, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. And I think last year's Croatian song, My Friend, had that. Oh, yeah, that it would definitely, definitely had personality. Person- this year's song does not. I think that's the the main difference between last year and this year for Croatia. For Croatia. Excellent point. I'm in too deep. I can't let you leave. It would be right when you go running away from love. Ain't nobody but you. I can hold on to. So am I. So let's talk about one uh, that I'm very excited to rep. I've, I've been a big fan of this song. This is Austria with uh, Cesar Sampson singing Nobody But You. I have liked the song from the beginning. I still really, really like it. I am even more impressed with it after watching him perform live at the London Eurovision party. I l- he has such a smooth voice and he's really charming on stage. He knows how to inhabit he knows how to exist on stage he's a good performer at least on the small stage i you know have not seen him on sort of a larger venue but i i don't i don't doubt that he will be able to fill the stage i also think austria has done a really good job the last couple of years with staging um last year running on air with nathan trent they had you know the the crescent moon um and lots of uh dry ice the year before that was um zoe with luan dc um and that uh, i think outpaced expectations i don't think i i i did not think it was going to qualify and then it did um and actually was fairly popular so 
Yeah, that, that one's a sentimental yes. favorite. Yeah, no, totally. So, you know, I, I think he's a great performer. I think his voice is really good. He's He's got a really nice deep baritone, which there aren't that many other baritones in the competition. But he had no problem with the falsetto sort of near the end of the song, at least in, in the performance at London Eurovision. So I, I think between him being having a great voice, him being charming on stage... Their team knows how to put on a good performance, you know, and they won in 2014. So I, I think Austria, this is one that seems like a really easy qualification for me. I adore this song. And I think he also has, I, I think Cesar also has the advantage of having been a backing vocalist for, I think it was Bulgaria last year. Yeah, um, like if you, if you hadn't mentioned that, Mike, I was going to. He's been involved with like the Bulgarian delegation for like the last couple of years, actually. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, he has the experience of being like on the Eurovision stage, which counts for a lot. Like there, there, uh, there have been performances where like you can just see like the palpable nervousness of performers. And I, I don't think that's going to phase him at all. And I think he is in a good position in the running order. We've, we've been going through these songs in the order that they'll be performing in the first semifinal and Croatia's kind of a palate cleanser and this is like something much more substantial to follow that I'm really looking forward to this performance and another good result for Austria not to completely pair everything you guys have said but like again like I like that Austria saw that this guy has been in the Bulgarian delegation a couple years and seems like he's a decent performer himself so they kind of snapped that up uh the song itself like I like I like it a lot just Like you said, Ryan, the fact that there's a baritone male singer in Eurovision is great because, again, it tends to be more on the tenor side. But I also kind of, and we mentioned this last time that it was played, but I like the kind of gospel-y elements to the chorus. Uh, There's a lot to like about the song. I'm interested to see how it ends up being staged Mm -hmm. because I thought they did a great job with Nathan Trent last year but if i if i'm remembering correctly i don't think that that made it through i think it was close it did no it 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 got through but then it didn't get any audience votes uh at the grand final that's what it was okay yeah because i'm like i'm like i i remember it but i also don't remember it which means that something happened but yeah that would explain it but yeah so they're good at putting on a show i don't know i like it but again this is one that like fell oddly in the bubble range for me on this ranking although that could just that could just have been just how things shook out but i like the song i i think it's definite it feels like a strong contender but there's still something about it and it could just be just the the field as a whole in this semifinal where i'm less yes this is a definite for me well and this is this is on the bubble with the odds makers as well they've got it tied for eighth place with two other songs i i, I think i am a little bit more bullish on this a little more positive about this song than maybe others are this is a song that I don't think the staging is going to have needs to have such a great impact. I think there's some other songs that like, you know, sort of like Croatia last year that they sort of need that great stage performance in order to get people behind it. I think this is one that doesn't necessarily need that. I think a, a really poor performance could hurt it, but I think an average or better stage performance is really all it needs. Yeah, for me, I think the biggest obstacle for Austria is going to be Bulgaria. This song and Bulgaria's song are both written by the same songwriting consortium it would not surprise me if austria had not uh like announced cesar samson like i think it was back in november like they they announced him early and had that not happened it's very possible that he could have been part of equinox i think there is the risk that the two may be kind of competing against each other or at least kind of viewed as being a little too similar in style or 
vibe. I'm not sure. But but in terms of staging, this is one of the reasons why I'm glad that there's a six-person limit, because this totally runs the risk of there being, like, the American Idol choir just, like, <laughs> showing up behind him in the background for the for the finale. And it's like, nope, that will not be happening. Right. And I'm so glad that it won't. Yes. <laughs> I think having watched the, the London performances, I'm interested to see what Austria is going to do with the staging for this, primarily just because Bulgaria has five people mm-hmm. performing. And admittedly, like their performance at the London party, this could just been because that was a very small stage and there are five people in that group. Mm-hmm. But like they were kind of trying to figure out what to do with that with those five people in real time. And, and again, not that that's a reflection of what's going to happen in Eurovision, but it seems like Equinox is still very new to performing with one another. But I think that like Cesar Samson like has and there's a little bit more freedom with what what they can do on stage because there's only one of him. He will have the freedom to move around and use the stage much more than than they will. Yes. <laughs> So next in the running order is Greece, and we have Yana Terzi with Oniro Mao. So a couple episodes ago at this point, we discussed, at least in joking, the, the, the notion of the diaspora. The people who are no longer part of that country who still sort of feverishly vote for it because it's their homeland and they feel very affectionate to it. And I think of the various diasporas, the Greek one is like the biggest one that always gets talked about when we talk about voting blocks. So like I feel like Greece has a history with me at least of sending entries that I do not like that I sort of begrudgingly as I am making my rankings push them into the qualifying ones because I know that no matter what they send it's going to get through. That has not always been true. Like, I think last year, they, for the first time, they did not make it through, which shocked me. Uh, yeah, that was two years yeah. ago. Okay, that was two years ago. But, like, this year, this year's song is, as it as appears to be custom with me in Greece, is not my favorite. But it feels way better than, like, the last couple years of their entries. So I can definitely see it qualifying and making it through just on popularity with the voters alone. Yeah, I mean, I think the standard for Greece to qualify is different than the standard for any other country. Greece basically just has to not fall on its face. That's the standard that other, that the diaspora has set for Greece. I think Mm -hmm. this song does Mm -hmm. plenty more than that. I think this song is a legitimately good song. I like Oniromu like this. It's drawn. It's got plenty of drama. Yana Terzi's vocals are really good. I did manage to catch a clip of her singing live and she sounded great. It was just a really short, like, rehearsal in the studio thing, but it was, you know, live vocals. Does this song meet that standard of not falling on its face? Yes. I think it goes well above that in a way that, yeah, 2016 song just was so bad. It was so bad. This one's not. This one's good. It's better than it needs to be for Greece. I think even if it wasn't Greece, it would probably qualify. I think Greece will also benefit from having Cyprus in the semifinal. So the way that voting works in the semifinals is people in that semifinal can vote if your country is not in that semifinal you don't vote for the for those people so i think they'll benefit greece will benefit from having cyprus there they'll benefit from their just their large diaspora so i i I think this one is also a pretty easy a pretty easy qualification Mm -hmm. oh yeah i hadn't even thought about cyprus being there but yeah cyprus love if there's one thing cyprus loves it's voting for greece 
I remember last year there was booing in the audience because Cypress gave 12 points to Greece, and it's like, of course you did. That's always going to happen. Like, have you guys not been watching this program? That's what happens every episode. Yeah, I I really enjoy this song. I think the diaspora is going to help. It's, I kind of wish that I was able to like get a sense of what like pop radio is like in various countries, just to see like if this is a song that plays on pop radio because it 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 doesn't have a pop sensibility about it, and it feels like it's a little too heavy for that kind of presentation. Not that. that matters all that much it's just kind of more of a curiosity for me but i don't think greece is going to fall on their face with this one i really appreciate this entry i'm really curious what this stage performance is going to be like i'm i'm hoping it's not just her like standing center stage with a spotlight and a like beautiful gown just because i find those sort of performances really boring i think that this has the potential to be a very interesting visual performance this this is one that I'm really looking forward to. Okay, and like I I fully agree with you guys that I think that, that the more I listen to this song, the more I appreciate her vocals. Just something hasn't quite clicked for me on this one yet. I currently have it in 14th. I'm sure by the time we get around to our next set of rankings, this will have I have, I will have accepted this is going through, and I will I will sort of verify it again within that sort of mindset. I don't know. Like I I fully predict that this one might just be singer in beautiful gown performance of the second half mm. sort of like estonia seems seems likely just reprise singer in beautiful gown for the first half yeah although there's drama <laughs> there's drama surrounding yeah there's they're, they're, uh. they're out of money they don't have any money um <laughs> yeah but, so i i think it's i was actually kind of shocked i i think that greece will definitely go through but they're actually with the odds makers right now tied for fourth with bulgaria and belgium which i think is really interesting that feels yeah, high. That feels a little yeah, high that for feels me. very high. I mean, that's what what did I rank this? I ranked this. I actually have this in fourth, but I that I don't know that I, this is not as good as Belgium's song, for example. And I don't know how I feel about Bulgaria in that. Anyway, that seems high. We'll see how the odds. You know, the odds will change as we get closer and we start to see stage performances and that kind of thing. But for right now, anyway. It's it's safe money. It's a safe money bet at the moment. Do not yeah. doubt the power of the Greek yeah, diaspora. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Now I'm gonna let in all the light turn down the walls. At my worst, I found my army strong. All the demons are gone. You can try and One entry that is a little bit less unanimous, Sara Alto um, from Finland with Monsters. I don't think I liked the song all that much at the beginning. It, it has some sort of challenging musical elements to it. I think there's a lot of, she skips a lot of notes to like go up an octave or something. So I think it, it's not one that's easy for like crowds to sing necessarily, but mm. it's super danceable. She has the voice mostly in so I this was another performance that I watched from from the London Eurovision party performances <laughs> her her performance featured two half naked men which is you know Eurovision bait of course you're going to have half naked men good for you finally yeah right exactly she does um and I think it, it was really interesting to me to watch her small stage performance because i feel like maybe if anything she was trying too hard like she had a little too much energy for the 
amount of space and how close she was to the audience. She was mm. she was projecting to the back of the theater, right? And she was in a club. I mean, yeah. in terms of her facial expressions, in terms of her uh, her manner on stage, I, I think that'll work a lot better in a in a larger arena. Um, I think there will also be less focus on her and more. I mean, from the music video that they did from the national final or the selection process to this, it's clear that there's going to be a lot of dancing happening in this. That's not necessarily her. Right. She'll be dancing, too. But there will be a lot going on around her. It's pretty clear. So I, I think and, and the, the odds makers actually disagree with me on this. But um, I think that this is a pretty easy through. I like the song a lot. I think it's got all the pieces that it needs to have to succeed on the Eurovision stage. What do you think, Mike? I'm kind of all over the place with this entry. The song has been growing on me these last few weeks. And like it's it's getting more play in my Spotify uh, than usual. Like, I, I think when it first came out, I'd, I'd be more prone to skip it. And now it's like, oh, no, I do kind of want to listen to this. My concern is with its placement in the running order. Like, it's between Greece and Armenia, which are two songs that are not this song. <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of getting into, like, audio whiplash a little bit that could either work in its favor and just being like oh this is going to be putting a spotlight on finland and it's gonna be great or it's gonna make finland stick out like a sore thumb i think what you were saying about how she was performing in london is gonna make a huge difference because i think one of the one of the things that makes a very strong eurovision performance is being able to play both to the audience the live audience in the venue as well as the television audience Based on how she's been performing, I think she's going to be able to bridge isn't the right word here, but she's she's going to be able to do the thing, you know, the thing uh, that <laughs> she's, a, she's adaptable. Yes, yeah, yeah. She, she's going to be able to deliver like the simultaneous performance that you need to do to please both audiences. She also knows her audience, so that works too. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, so I really like this one. Like Ryan, I see this one sailing through this particular final. I think the fact that it's between Greece and Armenia, which both have more subdued, I guess, is a good way to put mm-hmm. it, songs, at least performance-wise. Like, it feels like the Greece, the Greek and the Armenian performances are not going to be this performance. Are not. <laughs> I mean, this song of, like, the various ones that are part of this cohort this year... Like, this is the one that feels more on the stereotypically Eurovision-y side of things. Like, it feels very Eurovision. Mm-hmm. But I think it does that in a good way. Again, she kind of knows her audience. She It feels like she knows how to adapt to being in that very small club performance, to engaging on, like, an arena stage. And again, like, we got, like, sort of a taste of what they're thinking of doing with the the performance at their national final. I bet you they're going to tweak things a little bit based on how that went. But, like, I like, I don't know, I like the song. I, of the choruses this season, I guess, like, it has one of the, the more earwormy choruses, I, I yeah. think. Uh, I mean, if there's one thing I don't like about the song is that, it, like, it feels, it has sort of, like, a very jarring start where it starts at that very high note. It feels kind of weirdly operatic given the rest of the song. Right. But, like, again, it kind of quickly dispenses of that. And, it, like, if nothing else, like, she could, like, she pulled off those vocals live very, very well. So I think if you, it points to them being able to put on a very strong performance in Lisbon. And, again, like, I just think this has a very easy 
job of qualifying assuming that their performance is pretty it's pretty well put together yeah, I, I was really shocked to see how low this was this is 13th with the with the odds makers right now i was kind of shocked i i can accept that maybe it's a bubble because i can understand why maybe folks wouldn't get behind it again as we've said that there are there are a lot of really good songs in the semifinal and there are going to be at least one or two good and deserving songs that do not qualify um, I'm just sort of bracing myself that this may be one of them that I feel very strongly that I like a lot that doesn't make it through. I mean, Finland's had like a few kind of wilderness years the past couple of years with their entries where they where they haven't really qualified. But I think in all of the in all these cases, I think even the last few years, like they've sent very interesting songs, and it's always been sort of just off of the mark. But this one feels much more aligned, and it seemed like very smart of them to go to the London party, given that Sara Alto came in like second on X Factor recently. Well, Ben, you brought up how this seems very Eurovision-y and all of the baggage that that term contains. <laughs> and that is kind of a concern that I have, where space from last year was very Eurovision-y. And I think part of the reason why that song failed was that everybody who was going to vote for that song was in the room. And... This song could kind of be in the same boat where everybody who's really into this song and really wants it to do well is going to be in that room in Lisbon. Bass kind of failed also because... Oh, yeah, it was also a disaster. <laughs> Montenegro yeah. didn't have the budget to have backup disaster, dancers, yeah. and they really need a couple of backup dancers on that song. Finland has the budget. Right, right. Well, yeah, but like, so as we're talking, I'm looking at the YouTube views we have on our spreadsheet here, the YouTube views, and it mm-hmm. is... And, and they're it, low. It's low. There's only one, two, three three countries out of 19 on this spreadsheet that have fewer YouTube views than Finland's video. So uh, that's not necessarily a good sign that, you know, whatever YouTube views are not the, the be all end all. Um, but I think they can be a useful metric of what, what is hot? What are people really interested in? And only, only three songs. This is now, this is a what 15th, 16th out of 19 or something. I mean, on the other hand, to, to use my own preferences for the semifinal against myself, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia is currently fourth in YouTube views. So I'm not I'm not sure that they're that they're a super useful bellwether yet. Similar to the odds, because like we are a month ish out from the actual competition. Looking at what the the bookmakers think are going to do is like looking at what is the weather in Lisbon going to be in on May 12th from from this point out. So Armenia, this is Kami by Savak Konigian. I was kind of lukewarm about this when we first started talking about this, but they've gone through and revamped the vocals a little bit, added a really soaring backing track, and I love this song. Like this this is another one that has a very earwormy chorus, even though it's just mostly like the word Kami. It has the dramatic flair that I always expect from Armenia, and that's the, one of the reasons why I love them so much. Another reason that I love this song is uh, Anna Danielin, uh, who competed on last year's Armenian selection process and was my 
absolute favorite. I loved Artswick, but Anna was my true number one. She is one of the composers for this song. So it's like, yes, she's finally getting to Eurovision. <laughs> I was so pleased when I discovered that. What drew me to her performances was just the sort of understated drama that kind of builds into like in your face drama, like in over the course of a single song. Like her cover of uh, Dancing on My Own is one of the best songs I have heard. And I think that is present in this entry. I am really excited to see like how this is presented on stage. My only concern about it is the track ends kind of oddly for a Eurovision entry. There's no big power note at the end, and it's kind of the backing singers that are doing like the closing of the song rather than uh, Savak. Yeah, I'm kind of curious how, if if and how that is going to work. Like, I'm, I'm struggling to think of another recent entry that has attempted to do that sort of ending. I am totally in the bag for this one. Ryan, what do you think of this? I love this song. I, r- right now, for me, it's, a, it's on the bubble. I've got this list of tents, not because I don't like it, but just because... Again, there's a lot of good songs in this in this um, semifinal. I-, I love how dark it is. I love that it lends itself to a really powerful stage performance, you know, with lights and dry ice and fire, probably. Particularly the last minute, the last 60 seconds of the song, I think, will be particularly powerful. And I think, I- I think it maybe it takes a little bit too long to get there is one criticism I have of this song. Mm-hmm. I think being towards the end of the running order will really help. Yes. A- after this, there's not another song like this between this and the end like this is um stones is not as dark together is definitely not dark fuego's not dark right so this is sort of the last dark song of this semifinal so i think that this is one that will that'll help it stick in people's heads so i i I think we'll see in the next couple of weeks you know as we hear more about how things are going to be staged as we get a better sense of sort of his his vocals live we've seen some of that a little bit you know already but i i think this Right now, it's a little bubbly. I think it could potentially move up from here. I don't think it's going to drop out of my top 10. This one is just outside of my top 10. This one's at 11th for me, just at this sort of first set of rankings that we had. And I think, you know, it's not a bad song. Uh, I I agree with you, Ryan, that I, it takes just a little bit too long to get you where it's going for me. But, I mean, if there's one thing I've, I have I can count on with Armenia is that their their stage performance is always really, really good, even when I'm not completely on board with their song. I mean, I'm thinking back to Love Wave. I think back to uh, RMMP3's song that title is escaping me at the moment. But like both of those, I was sort of lukewarm on the song. But like the stage, the staging of them and sort of the production sort of won me over, and I was fine with them going to the the finals. I think that this is another case where of the entries I had really, really close to that bubble, sort of Armenia and Albania, which we talked about last week, were both like just under that qualifying mark. One of them was going to sort of jump above that and sort of sneak through. I think just based on their history of production alone, Armenia has it. I I think Armenia also has a a diaspora that can really work in its favor. Right. That's that's one of the yeah. Things. That, that's true. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Ben. About um, I had not thought about. It. I had not made the connection before. But um, RMMP3 and you're not alone was the name of his song. Um, and I think that song mm-hmm. was very similar to this one in structure in terms of it being a slow burn. That in that last mm-hmm. minute, it really opens up and it's like kind of dubstep kind of orchestral it does a lot in the last minute and was very effective because of it so that that's a really good point that may this that may mm-hmm. work in armenia's favor again this year in the way that it did what was that 2015 2014 yeah 2015 i uh, think uh, 2014 because it was the year that Conchita yeah. won yeah 2014 yeah 
And to be clear, this this year's entry does not have dubstep no, elements. It does, it does <laughs> like, it, it, Armenia yeah. is not trapped in 2013. No. <laughs> I think that Eurovision has got gotten over its dubstep drop phase, which is which is nice. <laughs> I don't know. I, We've moved on to other trends. I like, I like a little dubstep here and there. That's fine. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it for for a while it felt yeah. like you could you could like throw a rock without yeah. hitting a Eurovision track with a dubstep yeah. drop. We so afraid we fire away. Yeah, so speaking of throwing stones, uh, Switzerland is right after Armenia in the running order with zibs and stones. As far as this one's qualifying, I mean, it like it feels like one of the better Swiss entries in years. And like Switzerland, <laughs> uh, bless their hearts, sort of marches to the beat of their own drummer. They have, I mean, they have their TV is in like four different languages, so there's like, a lot going on in Switzerland. There are a lot of opinions, a lot of entries, and this is what they picked. Uh, I mean, when we when we last visited this one, we we joked and we're like, yeah, this is like the theme song for some for some sort of like medical drama on the USA Network. Uh, characters welcome, you know. It just feel I don't know, like it, that hasn't really changed for me. Is that this still feels very TV theme? But who knows? Maybe people are into TV themes this year. I, I want to like this song. I fully agree. I want to like it, and yet just. There are so many other entries that interest well, in, me more. Well, in your comment that this is, you know, one of the better entries that Switzerland has sent. That's not really, it's not a high bar to clear. <laughs> that, that, is, yeah. that is damning with faint praise. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Well, first of all, the pilot idea that I threw out has been in turnaround. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still coping with that. Uh, sorry, Angie Herman. But uh... <laughs> look, this wasn't your pilot season, but next year there's a yeah, chance. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I... The wounds will heal. But yeah, it's... I really just want to sit Switzerland down at some point and like just kind of figure out a better strategy for them like choosing their entries. Like I agree like this is this is an okay song. Like I I I don't think it I ever thought it was going to win, but it it's sort of the same thing that happened with them last year where like I I thought their entry was a good entry last year when it was selected at end of January, beginning of February, whenever that was. But there's just so much that happens between the time that they select and the submission deadline and the actual contest that they they just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just a case of just like, oh, no, you just need to like push your selection process back a little later or, or something. But yeah, like this just has made really no impression after it initially dropped. If it doesn't come up like in the random order that I have playing on my Spotify, then like I'm not I'm not seeking it out or anything. Exactly, like that. Yeah. exactly. I don't I don't reach for it on the shelf. It it just sort of sits there and like if it ends up in my cart, cool. I have a lot of concerns for this one too with the staging. So, you know, with Austria, for example, I said I don't really think it needs great staging to elevate it. I think this song does, and I'm very concerned about what they have planned. Um, at the um, London Eurovision party, 
it was Zibs, it's two people, um, and they were on stage together, and it's the vocalist and then a guy playing, like, electronic drums. I think that worked really well last year for Norway, but that's because there was other stuff going on in that staging. Like, they had the, you know, LED masks going on, and there were multiple people, and there was a dude playing electronic drums and another guy, you know, banging a big drum. Like, there was just enough else going on. I don't mm-hmm. really see that there's other stuff going to be going on in this particular staging. It just, the the guy, he just seems super, superfluous. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think this would need really, really good staging. And I just don't feel like Switzerland has shown a propensity to do that well over the last few years. Yeah, I, I feel like Switzerland is very much just going to recreate what they did. Their national final, which is not going to be enough. Like they're going to have some neon, some neon shapes and they're going to have the guy playing his electronic drums and she's going to do the singing. And that's yeah, it. And a lot, a lot of, Interesting steady cam running around in circles type thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, I'm pretty sure that was Latvia's downfall last year. The line, it was Triana Park, and they and they failed to qualify. I, and I loved that song. I still like that song, and I thought it should have qualified, but didn't because it was just like them standing on stage, a drummer, a singer, a, a keyboard or guitar player, or whatever, and some shapes and some neon and camera work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great concert performance, like visually, like I, I was able to get a photo of that stage and like, that is one of my favorite photos from last year's trip. But yeah, like as a television performance, it's, it's like what I was saying earlier with Finland, where it's just like, you're playing to the the live audience, but you're also playing to the TV audience. And if you're not playing to both, you're going to struggle. Thinking about what their national performance looked like, it feels like very much like what a band would do on The Tonight Show. Mm hmm. But that doesn't feel like a group. I mean, that feels. But the Tonight Show tends to be much more for the TV audience than than the, the studio audience. Yeah. And like that, it doesn't feel like it was a great studio performance. It doesn't feel like it's going to be translate to a great arena performance. I'm so glad you said that. This seems like exactly like something that would would have been on like David Letterman. Uh, at like yeah. it's just like oh wow they're they're at the music act already. I've really got to get to bed. Like it's like, yeah yeah oh. yeah. And uh, oh. again, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But the odds makers have this in 16th place. Um, and in terms of YouTube views, it's it's one of the few that has less than Finland. So. It's it's near the bottom in both of those categories. So there's we we all sort of have it out of our top ten. There's not a lot going for the song mm-hmm. right now. Just sort of thinking about the performance itself, I can't think of how to improve that performance and make it better. Like, okay, so there's two of them. We have the we have the possibility of four other people. What are those four people going to do? Throw stones? It'll get people's attention. <laughs> it would get people's attention, but yeah. Ugh. Sorry, Switzerland. Sorry. Do better next year. Why would true love look me in the eye and lie, lie? I thought we'd be together till we die. I'll forever wonder why. I thought we'd be together till we all skate so this is ireland and the song together by ryan o'shaughnessy i still adore this track i still find it kind of weird like comparing the lyrics to like the song with what's happening in the video the only way that i have been able to kind of combine the two in my head because the song is about a breakup but the video is about like this couple like coming together and the only thing i could think of is that the song is 
a narration of what the other person is doing and it's just like oh you're stepping out on me oh and you're stepping out and it's a gay relationship okay <laughs> so yeah just this kind of like very soap opery story going on that may just be like my own little way of having fun with this but anyway I think the song is really strong lyrically. Like, I think it does a great job of storytelling in a very economical way. Uh, There was a live performance on Ireland's Late Show from, I think it was over the weekend. And yeah, it was just kind of like a a four-piece setup, like woman playing piano, Ryan playing guitar, uh, center stage, a couple backing singers, and then the video playing in the background. I doubt that will be happening during the actual performance, but that sort of setup kind of makes sense for like the actual stage performance it's it's not like overly dynamic but i don't think the song really demands that like a huge troop of dancers or anything like that but my challenge with the song is that i don't know if it's enough to get through in this particular semi-final like it, it's just such a somber song and not not as bombastic as a lot of the other entries are and like Ireland has just been in such a rut lately that I I don't know if if this is going to be able to pull Ireland out of the rut I think it's a move in the right direction so that maybe next year or the year after they can get out of their rut but I want this to do well but I'm not I'm trying to like keep my expectations in check if that makes sense what, what what do you all think of this? I really really like the song, and like the more I hear it, the more I warm up to it. Uh, so I haven't watched the the Irish uh, TV performance, but I did watch the the London performance, and he did some really really good. Like not every, like you could definitely see which artists were familiar playing for a crowd and which ones weren't. Mm-hmm. Ryan seems very familiar with with sort of performing, and I think he, when it, he got announced, he was doing like a US tour or opening for somebody. Yeah, yeah, he just he just places, his own which tour. is. Yeah, and like it's clear that he has live performance experience. He's doing some really, really good crowd banter and sort of talking about the story of this song. And I think it does such a lovely job of sort of, like you said, very economically telling its story and getting out there. And I feel like that's that feels really different from a lot of the other entries in the semifinal. I think it that it will stand out, especially coming off of coming off of Stones. It's going to feel feel very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that works in its favor. I would, and I like the idea of having like that live setup where it's like a lady on the piano, Ryan on the guitar, and like there's some room in there. I would love them. To, I they, I don't want them to recreate the video exactly, but I want something that feels like the spirit of the video going on on stage because they because it definitely feels like it supports that sort of performance. Uh, there there are three entries that this one, three recent entries that this one kind of reminds me of. So so musically speaking, I just got done mentioning Zoe. 2016 Austria and Nathan Trent 2017 Austria this room this entry reminds me of that a lot in that there's nothing super special musically speaking it's not doing anything all that innovative it's just doing it really well it's doing it's it's doing a good job of storytelling it's very sort of sweet and emotional right it's in, in a way that those other two entries I just mentioned aren't this one's more about melancholy right it's 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 a little bit yeah. more um, subdued than the other two were you know Luan DC was like super sugary happy in a way I I didn't think either of those entries was going to get through and they both did and I think this one will sort of end up similarly that 
while I don't necessarily love the song, I think it is a strong song and I think it will go through. I think one of the ways that they can make the song really successful is to lean into that melancholy and do something similar to what 2016 Israel did. Hovi, Made of Stars, had dancers behind him. And that entry, even going back and watching it now, that song and that entry makes me cry every single time I watch it. And it's one of those things I'm like, why am I crying? Um, <laughs> it, it just, it does such a good job of pulling on the heartstrings. And I think I, this entry could do exactly that if it has... You know, I don't necessarily need the the piano and the whatever. If they have a couple of people doing a really good dance in some kind of interesting way, you know, um, Hovi and Made of Stars had a man and a woman dancing and they had a like a hoop that was like had LED along the outside. So they were like spinning together in the hoop. And it was just, yeah, it, it was simple, but very effective um, in, in the way that that song was simple and effective. And I think this year, Ireland with Together can do that same thing. Get a couple of people dancing, like the music video is focusing on dancing, get a similar kind of thing going on stage and let the camera do some of that work in creating this very intimate environment in what is, you know, a really large stage. I, I think Ireland is one of those countries, this particular entry for Ireland is is one that will not be handicapped by the lack of LEDs being provided by the host country this year. I think there's a lot of other countries that are going to have to, like like Sweden is going to have to bring their own rig, you know, and they can because they have a lot of money and they can do that. Ireland does not need that. They just need some good dancers, some good camera work, and the song will speak for itself. Well, yeah, like like you said, I really want them, just now that you mentioned it, I really want them to lean into the melancholy of this song and to, to, to like, pull on your heartstrings with this because it, it does that so beautifully and so simply just in the the song itself with the melody with the the way things are are set up so lean into that basically some simple lighting cues could make all the difference and yeah i i really hope that they go that direction and not like the hot air balloon direction <laughs> they went last year <laughs> learn from your mistakes please ireland please, please learn from your mistakes ireland but yeah i'm i really want this one to do well and yeah it, it would be great if this got Ireland out of its rut. I think it will. I, I, I have this pretty solidly. I have this at six. I think we all have this sort of in the middle of that yeah, range. Yeah, we all have this like just outside of bubble range. Like we all feel – if we were the three deciding who got this through, clearly, yeah. like we this one would not have a problem, yeah. I think. And there's also some respectable views. The the odds makers are not that excited. It's down at 14th below Finland. So, um, But again, I, I think yeah. that, that – take that with a grain of salt. That is all subject to change. Yeah, and that's probably also just like Ireland's in a rut. Let's not put our money in <laughs> in Ireland. Yeah, that's so. that is fair. I think this will be the yeah. year that they. Yeah, prove I feel, this yeah. One. The odds makers, it often feels like at least when you're this far out, it feels like they're mostly reacting to what happened last yeah. year. Cyprus this year they're so sending Eleni Ferreira with her song Fuego. I think uh, you know as we mentioned before this is in the same semifinal as Greece, so Greece will benefit from Cypriot votes and Cyprus will benefit from Greek votes. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but you know they're also performing last. 
I'm I'm kind of glad this song is last because I feel like particularly after, you know, a melancholy song and a couple of dark songs going on, it's kind of nice to go out on a nice danceable vibe. And and that's something that this song really brings. Um, it's got a great hook. It's something that's easy for people to dance to and to sing along with. You know, I, I haven't seen any live performances yet, but Eleni Ferreira is a well-known artist. She's got a lot of performance experience, so I, I don't have any question about her ability to pull this off. It's called Fuego. You know, a lot of the lyrics are, I've got the fire. There's all sorts of opportunities for great pyrotechnics in this. I cannot wait to see this entry. I I think there is very little about this song that could send it home without qualifying. What do you think, Ben? I agree. Like, uh, this was another one that where where it sort of snuck up in the rankings and ended up higher than I expected it to be. But, like, it's, it's a fun song. And if you listen to the lyrics too long, it doesn't make any sense. But don't do that. This is Eurovision. But yeah, like, it's just fun. And again, like you, I really want, I want all of the pyrotechnics in this one. I want them to, to close out semifinal one with a bang. It's, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think getting last in the running order was such a gift for Cyprus because... Yeah, this this is totally going to stick in people's heads when they're voting, and everybody's going to love the pyrotechnics. And I I, I think it's it's probably going to be a lot like Armenia's entry from uh, a couple of years ago, Love Wave, where it's just like pyrotechnics. I, maybe they'll do the holograms thing. I doubt it because I don't think Cypress has that much money. <laughs> yeah. But like this is just a lot of fun, super dancey. It's it's going to be a fun note a fun note to finish the second half on because the second half is kind of it's kind of heavy like. Yeah, like you've got the melancholy of Ireland, you've got uh, the stuff going on with Armenia and Greece, and uh, I mean even Austria is kind of like moody. Yeah, so and, and, and like yeah. Ireland, the most danceable, one of the most danceable is about overcoming depression, right? So like it's it's yeah. a heavy half of a semifinal. Yeah, and I, I disagree with you, Ben, about the lyrics. I actually think, particularly in the pre-chorus, that the lyrics are simple but effective, right? Like because I'm way up and I'm not coming down, you're taking me higher. And then, because um, I'm burning up and I'm not cooling down, yeah, I got the fire. Like, it, it just, mm-hmm. it's silly and it's simple, but it works. You know, it's a, it's a dance track. It's not supposed to be deep. <laughs> so, there, are certain, there are certain song metaphors that, that just work. Yeah. I mean, I mean we're, we are completely jumping over, you got me pelican fly, fly, <laughs> flying, but that's fine. That's what you're meant to do. Don't think about it too hard. This is Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, Ex- Exactly. What does that mean? I, don't know that <laughs> I believe I explained this a few weeks ago, Mike. Uh, my heart is a bird, and of course, the most elegant and noble of all the birds. The maybe, pelican. maybe between now and next week, we need to do a little bit of research on pelicans. Like, is there something special? Are they like the what's that bird that's like super fast or whatever? Like, do they have something real special about their flying ability? Maybe maybe that's some research that we we can do know, between but, now and then. No, but they can store fish in that big old beak. Yeah, or or those product placement bananas from <laughs> yeah. uh, the music video, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, the pineapples, yeah. Uh. <laughs> exactly. I'm not concerned about Cyprus's chances. Like, I expect them to bring the party uh, at the grand final. So, yeah. so it sounds like we've got uh, one, two, three, four songs that we all agree are going to go through. That's uh, Austria, Finland, Ireland, and Cyprus. We got two songs that we've got two out of three. That's uh, Greece and Armenia, and then one song that uh, one of us thinks will go through. That's the few, former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Look, when your when your guys's brackets are are busted, uh, I'm going to be over here <laughs> drinking it in. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to be drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And then we seem fairly of one mind that neither Croatia nor Switzerland has what it takes this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. Um, but I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, so as always, uh, if you guys like the show, go to your local iTunes store and send us some love, send us some rankings. That helps other people notice the show, that helps other people find the show, and that would be pretty awesome. Next week, we will start talking about the second semifinal. We're halfway through this. It's amazing. It's so close. It's only four weeks away before the first semifinal. It's, I can't believe it's coming up this quickly. That's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is a production of whatelseison.tv. Our Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, eurowhat.com. You can also catch us on social media at eurowhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week.